Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Bertie, what's going on? You met one of your um, uh, your your idols. That's not right. That's not the right word. I wouldn't say idol. Um, you're no. a big, you're a big fan. Of I, I love the I love the weekly things that. Uh, what's her name? Annie. Annie. Yeah, she's uh, she does these weekly NFL. I don't even know how to describe them. These weekly NFL bits where she just makes fun of everything that happened in the week. And uh, I think they're great. Yes. I just think she does a great job of them. They're very funny. So, uh, yeah, ran into her here just a short time ago. Yeah, she was, uh, you, you, like, every Monday or Tuesday, you'll say, look at this. Look at this. This is so look funny. This. Look this how funny, so funny this is. Um, yeah, she, NFL, Any act- College Football Nationwide correspondent, hosted Bally Sports. And she does this these really funny bits. Well, she plays all the characters, right? Right. Like, she's been Kyla Murray at times. Yeah. And when Kyla wore that red, kind of red outfit, like, she had a red outfit on. It was, it was it's a really funny, funny it's bit. Yeah. It's Absolutely good. hilarious. Make me laugh every time I say you it. You never know who you're going to bump into here at Media Row. This is where we are live from here on today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Uh, much more crowded down here than it was on Monday. The last time we were here, there are people everywhere down here. We are getting uh, uh, just bombarded with, hey, you want to put this guy on? You want to put that guy yeah. on? And are like, eh, we'll see. we got a lot to talk about today. Even though we're here at Media Row, even though Super Bowl 57 is now just days away, we got stuff to talk about, Gambo. We've got a brand new owner for the Phoenix Suns to talk about. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. You know, my life has been completely tied to basketball, right? So I know uh, you heard played basketball at Michigan State. It's just It's an overstatement. I sat on the bench at Michigan State and uh, it was a great experience. I played there. I was a good high school player and then walked on at Michigan State under Tom Izzo and we went to three Final Fours, won a national championship. But that was done based on a team and family culture. Basketball is my life, a huge part of my life, always has been. And so when I realized I wasn't good enough to be in the NBA, how could I one day maybe play, instead of playing in the NBA, maybe own a team? And I don't know how realistic that was, but when you set big goals, you say win, what's important now, and you start working towards them. And- Matt Ishbiak, his introductory press conference, as you heard today here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Phoenix Suns have a brand new owner, Gambo. You and I both yeah. listened and watched every word of what was said, or our takeaways from Matt's introductory presser today. Yeah, I think that I, I think he's passionate. He wants to win. I mean, he's committed to winning. He's committed to changing the culture and building the culture. And and if he could, you know, take what he's done in the mortgage industry and bring it, bring it to the NBA, that would be great. You know, it's easier said than done. It's a hard thing to do because, you know, in the NBA, you're you know his mortgage company. You know, you're dealing with you know a lot of everybody's working under you. When you're dealing with NBA players and egos and it, it, it guys making a hundred million, two hundred million dollars, it's it's a it's a lot 
lot different. So, you know, he'll he'll have some rude awakenings. This isn't going to be easy. But listen, I think as long as he comes here and he's committed to to changing the culture and doing what's right, I love the fact that he talked about everybody's involved, the security guy and everything. Said all the right things. Said all the right things. Now you got to go about. You got to do it. Got to make that connection. You got to make it work. I, it was interesting. He is going to live in Michigan, so he's not going to he's not going to be here. He's going to you know, live in Michigan. He said he'll be out here quite a bit. Yeah, but um, but he is going to he is going to be in Michigan. He's got his kids there. He's got his business there. So I'm not saying he's going to be an absentee owner, but he's not going to be an owner that's at every single Suns game like what used to with Jerry Colangelo and Robert Sarr. Yeah, and and maybe that's not such a bad thing, you know, like like because it's there is like we talked about yesterday. There's a really really fine line between being an aggressive owner and between being a meddling owner. We all want an aggressive owner. Nobody wants a meddling owner. You you want a guy who understands when is the time to push and when is the time to provide resources, but when is the time to back off and let everybody do their jobs. And maybe it's a good thing that at first he's going to be based in Michigan. I, I thought it was about as nonspecific as you could get. I mean, he was very, very general today about kind of his ideas and his plans. There was very, very little in the way of specifics. And I suppose as I sat down to get ready to watch it, I suppose that was very much to be expected. He wasn't going to come in, and it would have been news if he had said specifically, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to approach the trade deadline. I'm planning on going this far over the luxury tax. There wasn't anything like that. There was a lot of enthusiasm. There was a lot of energy. There was a lot of Passion. He stood up the whole time. He had a lavalier microphone, so he wasn't even standing behind a podium, right? He was just kind of bouncing around the stage, answering everybody's questions. He showed the exact right amount of passion and energy for the job, and yet didn't really paint himself into any kind of a corner with anything. He was very no. general about how things were going to go under his leadership, yeah, I thought. He, you know, he thanked uh, Robert Sarver, and he also thanked the, the partners that are staying on. We reported that all the partners was staying on outside of Robert and one other the other day. We were able to get the breakdown of the partners and, and what percentage they were selling and what percentage they were keeping and we put all that information out there. Uh, but there is, uh, he did thank the other partners and he was happy that they all wanted to be on board and stay apart. Now he got 57% of the Suns, 57%, but there's still 43% that is out there for other owners and he mentioned, you know, those owners and them wanting to stay on and was, was happy with that. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's walking into a situation where he's got to get to know everybody. There were lots of former players there. Kevin Johnson was there. Dan Marley was there. John Najafi, one of those owners that you talked about, he was there. Uh, Sed Sabalos, Mark West, Alvin Adams were there as well. It was... Um, it, it, I mean, okay, so now it begins, right? And we'll talk a little specifically in kind of the next segment about, you know, what he said. And I'll, you know what, since we're not talking about it for a little while longer, I'll just bring it up here in this part of the program. The Isaiah Thomas story was a really interesting landing spot for today, right? Because that, anybody who was watching the game on TNT last night, and Chris Haynes, what was it, like halfway through the first quarter, towards the end of the first quarter, comes in and says, oh, by the way, Isaiah Thomas is going to have a role with Matt Ishbia in the new right. ownership group. Right. No, he's not. And everybody was like, well, what? <laughs> you mean the same Isaiah Thomas who, when he was with the Knicks, they lost a sexual harassment suit and it cost the organization like $12 million? And he's been out of basketball pretty, pretty much he's, since yeah, then. Yeah, he's been working for NBA TV, but he hasn't been in the front office. You just got done with Robert Sarver and all of the alleged misdoings there, and now you're going to bring on Isaiah Thomas? 
Man, they did you see how quickly last night they undid that? Yes. It was yeah. a thing for about an hour, maybe even less than that, like 45 minutes. And then before you knew it, Ishbia's people came out and through Kellen Olsen and through Dwayne Ranker. No, we're not. We're not hiring Isaiah Thomas. No, we're not. We're not. We're not hiring Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> we'll talk more about this specifically. But if that was any kind of a trial balloon last night, hey, let's get an idea and see what people think about Isaiah Thomas. Man, at least on Twitter, that thing got shut the hell down yeah. real, real quick last yeah, he night. Yeah, said he's a great friend of mine, but there's no role for him, you know, at this time. He talked about the time he's going to take to really learn. He talked about James, and we're going to get into a lot of this. He talked about the luxury tax and what, you know, they could do for the time being and how he feels about this Suns team and, you know, going forward. And talked about it just a dream. Like, this is your know, dream city, opportunity, organization. He's, you know, this is not just another NBA team. I mean, he's really happy to be a part of the Phoenix Suns and own the Phoenix Suns. And he, he talked about the community and, 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 and this team mm-hmm. and the great players that played here in the past. So you can tell he's very passionate. This is, you know, it's almost like he's like his whole goal was really not, not to own a mortgage company that was going to make all this money, but to, to own an NBA team. Yeah. And the mortgage company was just the avenue he needed to get there to own an NBA team. And I did like, and, and he was very specific about this, I do like how enthusiastic he was about this particular team and this particular moment. Um, this particular franchise, quote, I can't believe they're for sale. He called it the dream, the dream city, the dream organization. I could not believe the Phoenix Suns were available for me to purchase like this. And would he have said that about any other NBA franchise he might have purchased? Maybe. But I tell you, he made Suns fans feel like because it's an organization that's experienced so much success but's never won a title. I think fans of the Phoenix Suns feel like the Phoenix Suns are a special NBA organization. They've had a lot of success in the NBA without winning the ultimate prize. I appreciated Matt Ishbia coming in making it feel like the Suns are special, right? Like, no, my God, what a dream this is. I get to own the Phoenix Suns. That's the kind of importance I think the Suns carry around the NBA. Does that make any sense? And I'm glad that he showed some reverence to that to a certain Absolutely. extent. Yeah, it made me feel like this is an unbelievable friend. I can't believe this organization was for sale. Jumped at the opportunity, you know, and they'll all the partners. They all wanted to stay on board and, you know, be a part of this, too, and I'm happy to have them. And, you know, I talked about his father and his brother and his family. He had his kids up there and everything. Talking about his goals and his visions and, you know, being elite and, you know, all the stuff that he talked about. Fan experience, engagement, all of those things were something that he wanted to get across. He didn't get into the team specifically. He didn't say, you know, he didn't talk about Devin Booker. He didn't talk about Mikhail Bridges. He mentioned that James Jones was there, but he didn't really get into the team and the players and how he feels about them or anything like that. But I did get the feeling that he's, you know, he's he's going to, uh, you know, be involved. Yeah. But he's not. I didn't get the feeling that he was going to be a meddling owner. He did talk about, you know, letting James, you know, do his thing type. So I don't think it came off like he was going to be a meddling type of owner. When we come back on the Bernstein Gambo show, there were all sorts of things that stood out from the introductory press conference for Matt Ishbia. One of those key things, well, actually, there were four of them, the pillars that he talked about. We'll dive into that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday, and we kind of kept things as open as we could for today's show, just so we could talk about Matt Ishbia and his 
Introductory press conference today. Certainly, he is very aware of the Valley's love affair that we have with the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, they're the oldest professional franchise we have here. And he that will never change. No. Right? The Phoenix Suns will always be number one in this market. And it doesn't matter. The Diamondbacks have won a world championship, and they're the only professional team that has a world championship here. The Cardinals sell out every game now, but nothing because of the longevity, because this goes back to the 60s, because of a lot of, a lot, a lot of heartbreak, the Suns will always be number one in this market. The roots are deeper, right? I mean, the, the tree has been planted here longer than anything else. It's a bigger tree than any it, other tree that's been here. It's just you, the roots are deeper. If you ask any born and bred Phoenician, if we, one team to win Suns. a championship, Suns. 90% are Suns. Suns. Right, I mean, nine, 9 out of 10. And it's no disrespect to the Cardinals, because I'd be very excited to see the Cardinals win a Super Bowl. I'd be very excited well, to see the Coyotes win a Stanley Cup. But but that's... Hey, Gimbo, it's, it's like... Uh, people look at me cross-eyed when I say this, but like that relief when the Cubs finally won a World Series or when the Red Sox finally won a World Series all yeah. those years ago. That's, that would okay, be the same thing. It's for you. not on the same level because it's not as many years. Well, to you it is, but though. to me it is. I mean, this is an organization that's been around for fifty plus years. They've been one of the most successful franchises in the history of the NBA. Wait, if you look at win percentage six, and things like that, sixties, seventies, eighties. When did the Cardinals get here? 88. So most of the, okay, from when they came in in the 60s, the 70s, and, the, and most of the 80s, you only had them. And then the Cardinals came in, and they were terrible. Like, it was hard to root for the Cardinals. They were playing in a college stadium, they were terrible. Time. Yeah, the Diamondbacks time. came in in the late 90s, so, like, it's 30 plus years of Suns basketball before the Diamondbacks even came yeah, in. Yeah, and, and he's very aware of that. I mean, he spoke today about the Valley's love for the organization and how he's very aware of that. That was one of the big draws about Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns is a destination for me as an owner. Like, it's not just the players. It's like, this is, this is the community's asset, it's the community's team. Every Everybody loves the Suns. How do I come out here and, and uh, you know, I, well, I work for you guys. I work for the fans. My job is to, to do a heck of a job because I know there's a lot of responsibility and I know how passionate people are behind it. And guess what? I promise you there's not going to be any more passionate to be, but I, I know there's a lot of people right there with me. And so I'm excited to have people by my side that care about every detail. And we're going to do our best to, to win and have fun and make a great fan experience. That was Matt Espia. He was on with Wolf and Luke earlier today after his press conference. You want to go through these four pillars? Let's do it. All right, so he spoke about the four pillars of how he's going to approach this. We just thought we'd go through these one by one and kind of comment appropriately. Uh, his first focus when it comes to these pillars is a it, focusing on a team member experience and being able to make the experience for the fans as complete and as fun as he possibly can. And yes, I'm totally stalling while this soundbite loads because it's going nice and slow. Huh. Here we go. I got to start with our people here. I don't call them employees. I call them team members. The culture. So I, I built a mortgage company from 12 people to 7,000 people. We are the number one mortgage company in America. It's all because of my people. We have no patents. We have no technology no one else can build. We don't have like a special interest rate discount. We just have better people. And we have the, what my vision and our vision is, we want to get the best people to join the Suns and Mercury. We want to train them, coach them, be the best version of themselves, and then treat them so well they never want to leave. And that's what we're going to do here. The culture, we're going to go forward and make some changes and make this thing one of the best places to work across the country. And that's a big part of success because you can't 
can't win without happy people. You can't win unless your people care. You can't do anything unless you have great people. And so first we're starting with culture and team member experience. Reaction? The first thing I thought about, I don't know if you did too, is I totally understand what he means because I work for a company that's like that. I work for a company that's unbelievable. People don't want to leave. It's a great company to work for. Mm-hmm. They care about you. They care about your family. You know, when, my, when, when, when we lost our dog a couple of weeks ago, the next day I had a gigantic bouquet of flowers from the Phoenix Flower Shop from my company. Like, like I, I would never – I've had opportunities to leave and go do national shows in the past. I have. And I've turned those down because I, I, I love working here. I love working for this company. I love – so I kind of get what he's saying. Like, you know, we want to treat people better. We want to treat them so well that they're never going to want to leave. Hey, I got an opportunity to leave to go somewhere else to make a little bit more money. No, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah. I'm not going to – because then the continuity leads to a lot of, you know, success. And I think I, I totally get what he's saying there. My first reaction to it, I, I'm glad you mentioned the company we work for, but my first reaction was that has not been the case with the Phoenix Suns for the last 10 years. We know personally a lot of people who have left because they were not happy and because they were not happy with the situation that was around them. Pillar number two, the fan experience of being a fan of the Suns. Second thing, we're going to dominate the fan experience. I'm, re- I'm a fan, so like growing up, my dad would take us, whether we sit in the upper deck or we get to the lower deck or whatever, and like a fan, a, a player waved to us. Like that was like the birthday present and the best thing ever. Like we're going to make sure the fan experience, not only from the players, but when we're getting concessions, our people smiling. When you walk in the door, security people saying hello, the ticket deck, everyone's going to be part of it. It's got to be an amazing fan experience. We can't win all the games. But we can win every kid's heart and every person's uh, mindset every single game. We're going to make it a fun experience even when we lose. Fairly common stuff, I thought. Okay, but that one kind of like... All right, I'm not sure that I buy that one all the time. The fan experience is great when your team wins. I don't care if I get a T-shirt. I don't care if so the security guard smiles at me mm. when I walk in. Like all that stuff's great. You know, you you want to you want to uh, you want to value the fan and the money they're spending on a ticket. I get that. You want to value that. You want to make sure the amenities are great and the restrooms are clean and they have easy access to parking and everything. You want to make sure all of that's good because they're spending good money on a ticket. You want to make sure the concession prices are fair. So they're getting fair value when they're going to buy, whether it's a jersey or a hot dog and a soda. Like I understand all of that. But the most important thing is winning, because you can take all of that stuff away. If your team wins, I walk out of there happy. Yeah. And if they lose, I walk out of there sad. So I, nothing can change. You can, you can do everything you want with the fan experience, but if you have a team that's not winning a lot of basketball games, that fan experience doesn't mean as much, if you know what I mean. Third focus, community impact. Third thing is community impact. We are going to make amazing community impact across this community, across this great state, and beyond. And so, how do we do those things? How do we make, you know, once again, this is the community asset. So, how do we not use this platform to impact the community in a positive way? We will do that, whether it's from hospitals to donations to all different things, to doing things for kids. Like, we're going to do a massive community impact. All right. Robert Sauber was very good at that, too. Robert Sauber was extremely involved in giving back and in the community and helping out a whole lot. So with the Cardinals, so with the Diamondbacks, and you know, even the Coyotes, all the teams here do a really good job of giving back to the community. So, But that's part of what you need to do. You, you want to embrace this community? Be a part of it. There's a lot of great organizations and charities that you know that the Phoenix Suns charities will support, and I'm sure that maybe he'll, he'll add some new ones and do some different things, new wrinkles, but that's almost expected 
expected of you when you come in here. Yeah, it's almost like you have to do it. Fourth focus, we're going to win everything. And the fourth thing to make this the lead franchise is we're going to win. We're going to win in everything we do, not just on the court, off the court as well. Right? We're going to we're gonna try to win a sponsorship deal. We're going to try to win the heart of that kid. We're going to try to win every game we can win. We're going to try to win championships, but we can't win every year. But I promise you we're going to try. We're going to try to win everything we can do. And that was where he didn't really give a lot of specifics on exactly what that looks like. Luxury tax questions, we're going to get into that a little bit later. How far is he willing to go? Are we talking about the next Steve Ballmer here? Are we talking about the next Joe Lacob here? When you talk about owners who are willing to go deep, deep, deep into the luxury tax to win, what exactly tangibly does that look like? This We're going to win everything all the time. We're always going to win. All right, how are you going to do that? We didn't get a lot of details on that today. And it's unrealistic. You're not going to win everything you do. You're just not. You're going to, you know, you're going to lose. You're going to go for players and free agency. You're going to lose out. They're going to want to go somewhere else because there are factors that, you know, other factors. You may have a family that you might want to be in L.A. because your wife wants to be in L.A. Or you might have family members somewhere else and you may lose out on those things. But you try. I mean, you try. You try to win everything you do. We talked about that. But he didn't just mention on the court, right? He mentioned, like, with sponsorships. And, and, and that will be an important part, too, because he talked a lot about how, Money follows success. Mm-hmm. So if we're successful and we do the right things and we take care of our people, we take care of our sponsors, then the, the money will follow. People will want to be involved with us. And I think that's what he considered winning. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, while we're all wrapped up in the craziness of a new owner here in the Valley, the team on the floor looked good again last night, though they made us sweat it out at the end. We'll talk about the Suns and their win over the Nets next. The Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric Ruby was down here with us on Media Row on Monday. He is back in the auction community studios right now. Sorry, Rubes, you're not down here with us. We miss you, but uh, you're going to make up for it, I'm sure, with a great poll question. That's right. We miss you guys over here, too. I feel like there's something written in one of your guys' contracts that says the four of us cannot be in the same building at the same time. Because that just hasn't happened. It's my contract. I I don't, you know, it's, (laughs) I I insisted that only three of us, never four of us. That's just the way it's got to be. And is that why Gambo didn't want to sit as close to you yesterday? Is that also in the contract? (laughs) No, no, Gambo. So here's what happened. That was on Monday. Um, And I don't disagree with this. Gambo and I like to talk to each other. We like to look at each other while we're speaking yeah, with each other. Yeah. We're having a conversation with each other. So they had a setup where we were sitting next to each other. It's terrible. And like we were anchors in you know doing a newscast together. I, want, I had to like turn my body to look oh, at them. Yeah. So you know makes sense to me. Yeah, you need to talk to your co-hosts. You know, I'm not talking. To, well, I'm not talking to the audience. I'm talking to you. That's that's, that's, how, we, that's how you do sports that's, radio. That's how we I talk do it. to you. You talk to me. That's in Gambo's contract. We have to face each other at all times. Uh, what's our poll question today? Well, our poll question is about DeAndre Ayton because he put up another incredible performance last night. So out of his last games, have his has his play made him untradeable? Yes or no? No. It's a good question. <laughs> it's only because you came up with it. Is DeAndre Ayton now untradeable? No. No. Yeah, I'll say no as well. But for this year, God, there's some there's there's some untapped potential that's being tapped right now. They're, they're tapped that potential. There's no question. It, it's just 
Well, you know what? We'll talk about eight in a minute. Okay. What are the results of the poll question? I, I don't want to give too much away. What, now, what? that is a poll question. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I was stalling for. I knew that was coming. Um, what's, what's the audience have to audience say? Audience is saying 66.2% say no. He's not making himself untradeable. Some people in the comments are saying he's making himself more valuable for a trade. Only 33.8% are saying yes, he is untradeable. All right. That's a, uh, that is a good poll question. Even though Gambo's the one who came up with it, it was it was worth it. I'm glad we did it. That's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. And Thomas takes a few dribbles. He's going to shoot it as he gets into the forecourt. He doesn't even get the shot off, and that'll do it. Suns win. 116-112 the final in Brooklyn. They've won the first three on this five-game road trip, and they improved to 30-26 and on the season, dropping the Nets to 32-22. and And in the midst of it, Gambo, DeAndre Ayton, 35 points, tied a career high, 15 rebounds, his second career 30-15 game. And the fact that he did it in back-to-back games puts him in some very elite company uh, just across the board. Only the fourth player in NBA history to have back-to-back games of at least 30 points and 15 rebounds in which he shot 75% or better. That's how good he's been these last two nights. He, he, He was flat out dominant and they had no answer for him and uh, you know we, we at times we complain about DeAndre's hands last night man he grabbed everything it's like he had glue on his hands but you know some of the, the big free throws at the end of the game you know he was great around the basket with the offensive rebounds missed shot put back I mean look they looked for him but then he also found a way to get a lot of those baskets I mean he did a great job on the boards and, and like I think he's got to understand like if you hit the offensive glass and you get some offensive rebounds you're gonna have the, you're gonna get an extra six eight points a game. You're gonna get those extra points because you're gonna have those putbacks, and so it can't be where everybody just has to look for you. Sometimes you've got to create for yourself, and if you're not a if you're not a ball handler, the way you create for yourself is to grab offensive rebounds. Now you've just created an opportunity to score to get a three point play. It was a three point play late in the game. He got fouled. He hit the free throw. It was huge. So it was a great game by DeAndre Ayton. He is playing. This is some of the best stretch of basketball we've seen since the NBA Finals year. Yeah, it's, you know what, and I would, look, I I, I don't want to, take anything away from him. I, I really don't, because when he plays like he's played the last two games, he is a force of nature. And, and I want to give him the credit that he's owed when he plays like that, because he's absolutely owed credit. I, I just, Jimbo, I want to see it more consistently. Yep. I want to know that this isn't just going to be some pocket, and that a week from now, he's going to come out of the pocket, and he's going to be doing the same old DeAndre Eaton stuff. You know, that's the, 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 the word I used last week was nauseating at times, to describe DeAndre Eaton's performance because he just leaves you wanting so much more. And while there's certainly nothing nauseating about the way he's played the last couple of games, it does kind of speak to the bigger picture frustration with DeAndre Eaton. This is in there. He's got every tool you would ever want in a toolbox. The fact that he doesn't use them every single night, the way he should, the way he's capable of, you could tell too. Last night, if you were watching that game, it was evidence from the get-go. He was dialed in. He was aggressive. He was engaged. He was a part of all of it. And the fact that he doesn't do that all the time, every single game, that's the frustrating part with DeAndre Ayton because you want to believe he's turned some sort of corner 
and then you realize a week from now, two weeks from now, he hasn't turned a corner. Yeah. He's back to doing the same old DeAndre Ayton stuff. So I, again, I don't want to discredit him because he was so good last night. But this is part of what makes it so frustrating. Monty Williams said, and I think that's the next level stuff that maybe we didn't have in years past. I think it resembles playoff basketball. That's him talking about you know DeAndre Ayton's ability to play on switches in recent games because it's just the defense too. He's done a good job defensively, but DeAndre Ayton is the fourth player in the shot clock era since 1954 to record consecutive games with 30 points and 15 rebounds on 75% shooting. The efficiency. There was a game last week we talked about, like, the you know, he, he's usually an efficient player. He usually scores three out of every four baskets. You know, and, and that's what you've been seeing lately, too. The efficiency. He's getting to the hole. He's scoring the basketball. There was some big plays last night. They were looking for him. You know, they were looking for him at times. Chris Paul, especially early in the game, was looking for him. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting that Chris, I think, has realized that I, I, I'm not going to be the scorer that I once was, and I've got to use Mikhail, and I've got to use DA, and I've got to make those guys bring to the table what I'm not going to be able to give you at, to give this team at times. I'll be honest with you on this team. I don't know if Chris has to be that scorer anymore. You know, I mean, it's I, I, I get it when he's at his best. That's that one-two punch you're looking for. Look at Mikhail again and what he did last night. That's what his 11. How many shots did he take? Last 18 night? shots. He had five in the first half. Yeah, he took 18 shots. He was big in that third quarter. He was huge in that yeah, third quarter. Because he only had five. He, was, he had a terrible first half. He did. He did. But he had uh, 15 in the third quarter last night. Over his last 13 games, 11 of them he scored 20 or more points in. And I, I like that he was still looking for his shot last night, especially in the second half. Of course, Devin Booker made his return. He was on a minutes restriction, 26 minutes, 15 shots. He made six of them. He had 19 points. Early, he wasn't driving as much. He was settling for more jumpers. That seemed to kind of get better as the game went on. But after that hot start he got off to, he was only 3 for 11 after that, so you could tell there was a little bit of rust. Uh, Suns 3-0 and on the road trip so far with the win now. That's um, 9 of their last 11 games that they've won. And with the win, if you look at the standings, they're in 5th right now in the Western Conference. Only a game and a half out of 3rd in the Western Conference. And, by the way, the Atlanta Hawks game tomorrow night, no Devin Booker. He's already been ruled out. Ruled out. Injury Rainous, management. We expected Rainous. that. Love it. Love it. I mean, that's what you have to do if you're Monty. You got to make sure they they uh, these guys stay fresh and ready. I, you know, they started that fourth quarter with Saban Lee, Damian Lee, Jacques Landell, Cam Johnson, and Tory Craig. But then they were able to sub Da and Mikhail in, and they brought Chris back. And then they, the last sub was Book. So Book came back at six forty two. So after Da came back, after Mikhail came back, after Chris came back, Cam was already on the court. Then they went to Book. So you could tell they were definitely concerned about those minutes. All right, let's qualify someone for a trip to the Super Bowl, shall we? Arizona Sports All Access, presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. Our all-access qualifier right now is Brandon Hawkins from Mesa. Brandon Hawkins. You're on the clock. You have 10 minutes to call. 602-260-9870. 602-260-9870. You will qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. If we don't hear from Brandon in the next 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines for somebody else. But as of right now, we're looking for only Brandon Hawkins to call. 602-260-9870. If you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify. Text the word SUPER to 620-620. Listen for your name tomorrow morning during Bickley and Murata. Once, once again, Brandon Hawkins. 
from Mesa. There you go, Brandon. Ten minutes to call, 602-260-9870. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, not only did the Suns win last night, not only did the Suns get a new owner today, LeBron James is now the scoring leader in the history of the NBA. We'll talk about that historic moment next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, live from the Phoenix Convention Center and Meteor Row. Don't look now, but we're three for three when it comes to the all-access qualifiers. Brandon Hawkins called in on time. Yeah, because everybody wants Super Bowl tickets. That's true. Here I was thinking it was a Burns and Gambo thing, but it's Super Bowl tickets. Uh, Congratulations to Brandon Hawkins. That did not take long at all. Brandon from Mesa called in uh, at 602-260-9870. He has qualified for tickets to go see the Super Bowl. Again, if you didn't hear your name, you can still qualify. Text the word SUPER to 62620. The next opportunity will come sometime tomorrow during the Bickley and Murata show from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Westbrook with it. Give it to LeBron at the right elbow. LeBron, one-on-one against Kenrick Williams, backing him in. Turns, shoots, scores! There it is! All hail the new king in town! Young and old, gather round from one iconic Laker to another. The king, LeBron James, has passed the captain! 14-foot fadeaway jumper from LeBron with 11 seconds to go in the third quarter. Stop everything. And they they did. They stopped everything. They put it on hold. And Oklahoma says, what's going on here? And then they had the celebration. And obviously Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there. And then I heard Kareem with Shaq. And uh, it, it was a great moment in the NBA. Now, records... I think matter more in baseball than they do anywhere else. Uh, but this is a record that is truly remarkable because of how long Kareem Abdul-Jabbar held the record. Yeah. And before him, it was, it was Will Chamberlain. And this is the first guy at LeBron's height to have it. You know, it, So the, when you think about NBA scoring leaders, there hasn't been a whole lot of them. No. From Wilt to Kareem to now LeBron. So that's why I think that this record... And, I, I think this record is special. I do. You know, I thought about it a lot last night, you know, because, again, to me, baseball records are the most important. They kind of got tarnished a little bit with the steroid era with Bonds and Sosa and McGuire and the things that they did, which took away from some of the other great accomplishments of other players like Hank Aaron and Roger Maris and uh, things like that. But I think this one last night, when I watched that and I saw them stop the game and I just saw the joy in his family, and it, it was a truly great moment for yeah. the NBA. I think it was. So your point, there are very few NBA-related like all-time records that I just know off the top of my head, whereas baseball, I know quite a few. There aren't very many NFL ones I could say I know off the top of my head. I knew that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the all-time NBA's leading scorer. Uh, just like I know John Stockton is the all-time NBA leading uh, assist guy, and that he's got a huge lead over everybody else. This one was special, and, and only seven guys have held it. LeBron is number seven to do it. It has not changed hands very often, right? I mean, before Kareem had it, Wilt Chamberlain had it for basically 18 years, from 1966 into 1984. Who knows how long LeBron's going to have it, right? I mean, because here's the thing about LeBron. Like, Towards the end of his career, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, those skills were were fading, and he wasn't the same guy. Man, LeBron James, you asked me a question during one of the commercial breaks, I think even before we went on the air. 
with the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, with so much talk about Kevin Durant, you just asked me hypothetically, would you rather have two years of LeBron James or three years of Kevin Durant? Right. Man, it took me half a second to answer that question. Two years of LeBron. Are you kidding me? He is playing at such a high level. Still. 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 After all these years, he is still such an incredible player who does a little bit of everything out there, who can take over a game, who's ball dominant, but also play off the ball. Give me two years of LeBron James every day that ends in why over Kevin Durant because of the durability and the consistency with the production at his age. It's remarkable. I, I, it's, it's hard to say we've seen anything like it. Usually by now, guys have started their fade. There's no fade with LeBron James. No, None. And, and I think it was, it was a fair question. Is You know, because there's all this talk about KD. But what if LeBron at the end of the year decides, I, I, I want to go play with Chris Paul and Devin Booker? You know, could you could you make that work? Could you somehow, you know, do a deal, a sign and trade or something that would allow you to get LeBron James? I would rather have LeBron than KD, too. Give me LeBron on a two-year deal, and I think the Suns will win one championship in those two years because he still plays the game at a high level. And he, you know, it's 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 incredible for all the scoring he does. He's such an incredible playmaker oh, yeah. that makes everybody around him better. He's number four on the all-time assist list. Which is crazy. You know, it's it, just crazy. If he plays in another two or three years, he might end up as the NBA's all-time leading scorer and number two all-time assist guy behind only John Stockton. It's it's amazing. He's he's and it's and it's the rebounding. I think he's like number thirty-two on the all-time rebounding list. I think he's like number ninety-two on the all-time blocks list. That you play as long as he has, he's got the third most minutes in the history of the NBA. So you expect some of that is going to come along with it. Um, and I didn't mind that they stopped down the game last night. I, I thought a moment like that you know I, I think what's funny though to your point about whether he's going to be available this offseason all the hoopla all the pomp all the circumstance the Lakers lost by three to Oklahoma City right you know and not that anybody really cares about that but if we're really talking about could LeBron become available one of these days well then that does matter the fact that they couldn't even meet Oklahoma City on the night that LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time so then that stuff like that does matter um, there's a big rumor to Today, about a potential three-team trade between the Lakers, the Utah Jazz, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, in which they would finally get off of Russell Westbrook, and D'Angelo Russell would come back to the L.A. Lakers oh in a trade God. like that, right? Yeah, they try to do anything they can to, you know, to keep LeBron. They would love for LeBron to stay. He's star power in L.A. L.A. is the one market, the only market, that has to have star power. They have to have it, right? Because without it, you know, they just they can't survive. So the Lakers they, they expect it. They've got to have, you know, from Magic and, and Kareem and Worthy, you know, the Shaq and Kobe and uh, and LeBron. Like, they've got to have that star power. So they'll do everything they can to appease LeBron and help him, just like the Nets will do everything they can to appease KD and try to keep him because these players are rare and people come to see them play and they're and, and they're still great. So you want to do everything you can to keep them. It, it was it was a special moment. I, I got taken aback by it a little bit, you know, and watching it and watching the shot and then the stoppage of the game and then the celebration and everything. And uh, it, it was a truly great moment. And again, I'm not an NBA stats, you know, records guy more than I'm a baseball guy like you. But that that's a pretty incredible record. And to think that he's still going to play for a few more years. Yeah. And just increase that. To the point, like, you know, we talked about Tom Brady never seeing anybody like him. Are we ever going to see anybody like LeBron James again? More likely LeBron than Tom Brady, right? Um, I would... 
I would think more likely LeBron than Tom Brady because I just can't imagine somebody winning the same number of Super Bowls that Tom Brady has. That somebody could play quarterback as well as he did as late as he did. I don't know if we're ever going to see something like that again. Is it possible that we don't see anybody like like this this era? Sure. Is that special that we don't see another Tom Brady, we don't see another LeBron James? It's possible, but you know what? On something like that, I don't believe in absolutes. I believe there's always a chance we'll see another LeBron at some point. I don't know when. I don't know who. I don't know where that that guy might not. I mean, when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set the scoring record back in 1984, LeBron James was still nine months away from being born. So, like, the next LeBron James would be 30, 40 years away. Might not even be born. Yeah. Might not have been born. So I think I saw something because the three-point shot didn't come into play until the, the end of Kareem's run. Did Kareem? Did he have one three-pointer? One three-pointer. He had one three-pointer. He made one three-pointer. <laughs> he made one. Mm-hmm. He would have never been a three-point shooter, you know, because mm-hmm. he was so good around the basket with a sky hook. It would have been great if LeBron could have won the game on a sky hook. Or, or, or broke the record, the record on a sky hook. hook. Yeah, I that would have been tremendous. Everybody was hoping for something like yeah. that. Now, join us tomorrow from 2 until 6. Gambo and I are going to be at the Safeway, 83. Avenue in Camelback. It's Coca-Cola's Game Time Rewards. You can meet NFL alumni and friend of the show, Jay Feely. You can enter to win over $50,000 in prizes. Head over to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete event details. The NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, which means Matt Ishbia acquired the Suns just in time, right? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.